I'm actually going to share with you today from the scripture and I believe that uh, I believe that you will be you will be encouraged. Uh, I'm sure that all of us are blessed by the scripture and blessed by the truth that we've heard so far. Is that right? Amen. 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 Today, I'd just like to continue on. For those of you who don't, who uh, just probably coming to coming to know myself. Uh, um, as I said before, I'm more than a person that just asks you for, for money, at least. But um, I, grew up in a, I grew up in a Christian family, and uh, for the most part, I, I thought it was a little bit boring at first. Uh, and then I came to, came to know Jesus when I was 13. And on the same in the same night I came to know Jesus, there was a prophecy that came and through it and through through the preacher that night at least, and he said that you would be one who uh, preaches God's word, and you would also be one who would shepherd God's people. Uh, well, I didn't know how that was going to happen because all I knew that it would happen by me having to go through. Uh, Bible school, which is good, and having to spend many years and studying the scriptures and so forth, and I just didn't know. I just didn't know how it would actually come to pass, or it would come to bound. Uh, but along the way, I guess probably because of because of not knowing exactly how it would come about, and and did not really want to go to that road of uh, being a being a scholar and so forth. So. Uh, Eventually, uh, over the course of time, I just allowed some other things to get in, and come into my life and begin to be uh, uh, things in which that uh, take on first priority in, in my life, at least. And I found myself probably in nineteen, probably nineteen eighty nine, ninety. It's probably one of the lowest points in my life, at least. I was uh, one who really didn't have any hope. Uh, I was uh, very much so an alcoholic. I drank an awful lot morning, lunch, dinner, and then when the night fall, I did it again the next day. So I was pretty much in, pretty much an alcoholic, depressed, and so forth. And I remember one lady who had been trying to reach out to me three years while I was in college. She had been trying to reach out to me three years and telling me, say, I don't think that this life is for you. I think that God surely has something else for you. And he has a great plan for you. And all I knew, all I knew is that, you know what? If God had a great plan for me, I, I would like to see that. I know what my mom and dad has been telling me about how good God is. I, I know what Reverend Henderson had told me about how, how good God is and how great Jesus is and so forth. But you know what? I, I'm walking in the world to where I can see where people, where I, if, I, if, I go, if I go in a restaurant, people are just, 
well, we prefer you not to be in here. Or if I go to a country club, people will... We prefer you not to be in here, you know. And I, I remember, I remember sometimes where, you know, my my dad would come home and he would say, "Son, uh, well, uh, we we're gonna get by this week and we're gonna make it." Uh, and sometimes, you know, you, you you just think about that, you know, here being here in the U.S. and think about how much we 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 have on our table and how much they bring out to us and so forth every day over there in the cafeteria, and. Sometimes we will question ourselves if we were gonna if we were gonna have a, a breakfast, a lunch, and a dinner. You you just didn't know, you know. And and I, I remember those times when 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 going going into going to school, which was only two blocks away from my house, going going to school, wondering if you know you 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 you're gonna run into somebody who was gonna try to uh, rough you up a little bit. I I remember those scary times and so forth. So so how could I believe? How could I believe in this uh, 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 a world where if I believe in Jesus that things were gonna get okay? You know how, how could I believe that with all of those things happening so forth? Well, it wasn't until it wasn't until again about. When I was 13 and I accepted Christ, that God really started to work in my life. But I still had some doubts in my heart and so forth. And, and I think around, again, I think around about 1990, I mean 1990 and 89, somewhere along in there, where I really came to God. And I came to him because I was so broken. I was broken and I had nothing. And I had no hope. And people were telling me about how great and how wonderful my God is, you know. And, and I remember this sister who I said, I remember her coming to my uh, apartment and saying to me that God has said, God, God has really been working in your heart. And he, want, and he wants you to come to church. And I thought, okay. <laughs> then it must be something that God really wants in me. It must be something that he, 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 he must really want to make me this person he has called me to be and so forth. And I remember when I went, to, when I went with her, and I remember stepping in, in, in the church, and I remember that time when I heard, when I stepped foot into the church and I heard the lady playing the piano. And I just heard the melodies going. And God began through the Holy Spirit to work in my heart then. And I remember the, when I was at the, 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 the meeting, I remember the pastor greeted me and he came and sat down on the front row with me. And he says, you know what? Uh, uh, you're here by divine purposes. And God has sent it special for you. And I did not know this man from no one. I did not know him. And he began to tell me about another ex-athlete whom he had known, who had probably went through some of the same things that I was going through. He was trying to pr- pursue all of the fame, the fortune, and all of those kind of things. He was trying to pursue those things and so forth. And he led, he came to a point to where he was so depressed, his life was just spiraling out of control at least. Now, you may wonder, you may wonder why I'm telling you this when we are talking about living in abundance in this camp. Well, I need to tell you, I need to tell you what happened before, before I can go on and tell you what happened now at least. So, uh, I see that tonight, uh, to this, this morning, I want to talk to you about 
uh, abundance. But I want to talk more specifically about a brokenness that leads us to abundance. I, I believe that uh, God uh, allowed me to go through some different things and so forth to be able to break me so I can come to the uh, point of walking in his uh, abundance at least. I, I believe that uh, my pursuit in life, because I did not have all of those things, therefore it made it my pursuit in life to try and get those things. I believe that was the wrong road that I took right there. I took the wrong road when I tried to pursue all the things to get all of these things and leaving God behind. I believe that abundance comes from when Jesus steps into our life. And when Jesus steps into our life, then we have abundance there. Sometimes we, we look at all of the things, all of the material things and so forth, and we think that that is abundant. I went here today, this morning to tell you that is not abundance that God is talking about. The abundance God is talking about is uh, the abundance that Jesus talking about when he said, I came to give life and life to the full. See, the Bible say that we were dead in our trans- transgression. But when Jesus came in, he said he brought life to us. Did you know we did not have life? We were walking around as ones who are dead in our sin. But when Jesus came in, we came into a life that we never knew before. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm here today to tell you. <laughs> That God has something for you. He has something for you. And look at, I want today take you to a passage of scripture in which I I thought it was very interesting and I wanted to share with you. I hope everybody bought that Bible. If you didn't bring your Bible, please uh, look on with someone else. You should always bring your Bible when you come to church. Always bring your Bible. Because you never know what people will say to you. The Bible says in Mark chapter 8, we'll read in Mark chapter 8 today. And we'll read verses 6 through, uh, let's say, let's say 6 through 8. We'll go 6 through 8. He told a crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave them. He gave, I mean, he gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. So here we're talking about being broken for abundance. And here we say, here we see that Jesus, it says that he he was with this crowd of people, and he, he took some bread, and he, he gave thanks to it, and told the disciples to dist- distribute it. Well, before this, be, be, uh, as we read in verses 1 through 5, we see that uh, these people have been traveling with Jesus, and they have been traveling with him for three days. And now these people were traveling with him for three days, and they were hungry. They, they hadn't ate anything. 
you know, and, and, and I'm sure that it, it would be like uh, us, you know, when we go on a, a fast or something like that, we haven't ate for two or three days, man, our stomach starts to really talk to us, many sounds and so forth, and which it makes, you know, because it's talking to us. But Jesus, being whom he was, a man of compassion and so forth, Jesus did not want to leave these people hungry, you know. He, he wanted to feed them. He wanted, he, he wanted to make sure that their, their need was taken care of, you know, especially this need of being hungry. He wanted to make sure that they don't just leave and say bye-bye without taking care of them. So Jesus said to his disciples, hey, sit them down. We're going to feed them and so forth. But before that, Jesus' disciples said, just like I probably would have said, he said, Master, how are we going to feed all these folk? This is a lot of folk, and you're talking about feeding them. We only have seven loaves here. A few fish, how are we going to feed them? And isn't that, all, isn't that like God? God always do something a little bit different than what we're thinking. You remember when I told you, the pastor told me, he said, you're going to preach the word. You're going to be a pastor. And then my thought was that, okay, this is how we're going to do that. And it hasn't worked that way. God has totally been, uh, t- he has done totally a different way with me and how he's going to work out his plan in my life. And then in the same way right here, the disciples were saying, Master, we don't have that. How are we going to do that? And Jesus said, just sit them down. Just sit them down. And we notice that this basket full was left over. That's what we hear in verse 8. We just see that a basket full, I mean several basketfuls were, work, were left over. And we heard the pastor when we, his describing the, the baskets last night. Baskets full were left over. And notice that this basket full was not left over until Jesus gave thanks and he broke the bread. And when he broke the bread, then he said, basket full were left over. What is trying to say to us? God always got a process to what he's going to do when it comes to the abundance and the overflow in our life. He always going to work according to his process. And then when you know a process, a process always has a beginning, a middle, and an end. It always has a beginning, a middle, and an end in the process. Notice here, also in these verses we have Seven. What does the number seven represent in the Bible? Completion. Perfect, perfection. Seven loaves. Interesting. But in other, parts of the, in other parts of the gospel, it talks about 12 loaves left over. But here we talk about seven. Seven itself, meaning, again, as we said, perfection and completion. I want to say that today... I believe that one thing that we can take from here is that that's perfect perfection in which we see from this seven loaves in abundance in which we see here. I want to say that God wants to use each and every one of us 
as, as representatives of his, just like these seven, to be able to feed the multitude as well, too. We see in Genesis, God talks about what is a perfectionist. We, I believe that we also have a, a perfection of gifts and so forth in our life. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible says, The Lord God formed, formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, the nostrils, his, the breath of life. And the man became a living being. God came to Arthur when he was dead. And God breathed into him. God's breath, obviously, is his spirit. And we have his spirit in us. By the way of God, obviously, God here with Adam and Eve breathed into Adam and gave him the breath of life as a gift to him. From at this point, man was not in existence, not around, but God gave him a gift, the gift of life. Now, let's fast forward again to New Testament, John 10.10. 10. Jesus came to give life. See, we were dead, but Jesus came to give life. So we have God's perfect gift, his spirit, inside of us. And if we will allow God to bring us to the point of brokenness, I believe God will use us to bring about the abundance that we need to have and see in our society. I, let's continue on looking at here. You remember I was saying that God works in an aspect of a process. Again, the process takes what? A beginning, a middle, and an end. All of us can do the first part of the process just like Jesus did. You know what? The first thing that Jesus said in Mark, he said, before he broke the loaves, what did he do? He gave thanks. Why do we give thanks? I'm going to tell you three, three reasons why I believe that we, we give thanks. We give thanks because we recognize that God is present. <laughs> we recognize that he is present in, 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 our, in our midst. The Bible says, or when we think of God being present, we think of him, we think of his omnipresent and his tangible presence that could be right here, right now. And when we think about God omnipresence, what it really means is that God, everything, everything in our universe is before God. So for all of us who think that sometimes, just a little picture of what I'm going to throw in here, who think that we can get away with sin or anything in our life, believe me, you can't because you are before God. You are, his presence is omni, he is omnipresent. And everything is brought before him. Okay, so we give thanks to him because we recognize that he is presence in our midst. See, Jesus, although it just seemed like from the natural eye that 
why, how were we going to be able to get all of these fish and so forth? Jesus didn't worry about that. That wasn't the question. Jesus understood that his God was present, that God was present because he was in the midst. And if he is in the midst, he gave thanks first. He gave thanks because he recognized that God, he, God was in the presence. When we give thanks also because it shows that we depend on God. We, we understand that our source of blessing comes from God. And our giving thanks to him is it's just simply just an act of submitting to God. It's submitting to him. See, sometimes uh, we think that uh, uh, everything gets so bad and everything that uh, God is not present and so forth. No, that's not true. You, you, you remember we, did, we have the spirit of God in us. So God is present at all times. It's just us recognizing that he is present at all times. And we will give thanks. We give thanks to him. So Jesus gave thanks to him because he recognized that God was present. He depended on him. And also when we give thanks because we trust him. We trust him. That's good. Sometimes, just like me, I don't know about you, but I can trust God when everything is going good. See, that's sometimes, that's the thing that we sometimes don't hear when we come to abundance. We, we, we just only hear about all the good that's happening. But it's a lot of bad that happen, has to happen first before we become good. Okay, because God has to deal with our lives so that he can be able to work in us and work through us and so forth to accomplish his purpose. So everybody will say, hey, man, hallelujah, when it's going good. But when it's going bad, not too many people are going to say, amen, hallelujah. A lot of people are going to drop their head just like me sometimes and say, oh, God, what are we going to do here? And they begin to wonder. But I'm here today to tell you that no matter if it's good, no matter if it's bad, no matter if it's cloudy or rainy, God is still the same. He sits on the throne. He is our source of blessing. And we got to give him thanks. Did you know that the Bible tells us that this very thing, that those who just are walking according to God's will, the Bible tells us that God, he makes all things, the good and the bad and the ugly. He makes all things to work for the good, for those who are called according to his purpose and promise. That's what the Bible says. That's not what Caesar Prelo said. That's what the Bible said. God makes all things to work for the good. You got to understand that when it's going bad in your life, God has not stepped out. God is still present. He is still available. When it's going bad, God is just there too. You ever heard of that story they tell you about when the man or the woman or the, or the beach story and the person that's under the, the footprints in the sand? Sometimes when the waves and the, when the waves of the storms of life get so heavy, we wonder and think that, hey, am I in this alone? But when you look in the foot in the sand, we only see uh, one footprint because God holding us up in the, in the midst of the storm. See, when I was going through that time of depression and I was going through that time of being broken like that, God wasn't away from me. He was with me at all times. I just did not recognize that he was with me. But God was with me. 
Friend, we ought to be able to have a witness in this time. We ought to be able to say to people that even though the economy is being shaken and so forth, I will not be shaken. You know why? Because my God, he sustains this universe in which I'm living in. And I know that my sources of blessing come from my God, not from any person or not from any individual. It comes from God. God takes care of me. So we should have a witness to the people that God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. No matter what the times are, the season can be bad, but God is good. Hallelujah. You can have a time of depression, but God will say joy is going to come in the morning. Hallelujah. You can have a time of being poor, but God is going to say riches is going to come in the morning. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good, is he? Is he good? He's good. All the time. No matter what time it is, he's good. Amen. Amen. So we ought to give God thanks. We ought to give God thanks. Oh, I figured that I would have a lot of people shouting in the house or clapping their hand when I say giving God thanks and him being good. But oh, when I knew that I would come to this part about God having to deal with our life. You notice that what Jesus did? He broke the bread. He broke the bread. And at that time, it wasn't like going to Safeway buying a bread that is already cut into its individual slices. It wasn't like that. It was that they had a loaf that just come out of the oven and it was baked and you had to break it off. Right? So Jesus had to break the bread off. And you know what? When you break bread off, it gets kind of messy. Crumbs fall everywhere, Right? The, the parts are unequal and everything. Some of the edges are kind of sharp and so forth when you break it off. But I, I noticed one thing about bread when you break it off. When you break it off like that, well, although the edges are rough, but in the middle, it's soft. It's soft and it's easy to spread the butter on that part. <laughs> it's easy to spread the butter on that part. Well, what I'm going to tell you today, I believe that as we allow God to break us, he's going to come to the place where we are exposed and get to the good part of us so that he can easily spread himself over us like that. Boy, we got to be willing to be broken, though. I think many part, many times, just like me, the broken, broken part, we don't like it because when we think about broken, if I was actually have a glass in my hand, throw that glass up and you come, it shatters. It shatters because sometimes, sometimes brokenness brings, it, it, it's sudden. It's abrupt. It sometimes can be very violent, right? And we don't like that. Well, sometimes when we go through, sometimes when we go through these storms and so forth, storms of, of lack at sometimes, we start to say, cry and start to whine. But I'm here today to tell you that let the brokenness happen. Let God go on ahead and take you to that storm. And as he take you through that storm, I can guarantee you, you're going to come out looking different. You're going to come out changed and you're going to come out where you have enough. You have it overflowing in your life to share with somebody else. Pastor like to say that sometimes that in the midst of God moving and so forth, people and things get messy. As I said, bread, when it's broken, it gets messy. It don't look that good. It don't look good. 
one of the one of the one of the people that I really admire a lot, uh, and that and that person actually sits here in this room, Brother Sean. I really admire a lot. You know why? Brother Sean is Brother Sean is in a uh, has some situation that happened to him all of a sudden like that in his life, and to be able to take. His freedom to be able to walk and move around away from all, all of a sudden. But you know what? Brother Sean, if you just listen to him, you know that this man has life in him, man. You know that this man has a testimony. You know that this man has stepped into God's abundance. I'm sure that that didn't, I'm sure that that didn't feel good at the beginning. I'm sure it hasn't. He wasn't like that, but God has worked something beautiful in his life. What are the areas? What are the areas in which God really wants to break us? I believe that we can find those in Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, verse 15, I mean, verse 19 to 21. It says, Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to 21. It says, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, decision, fractions, and every, and, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the likes. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. God. He wants to break us in certain areas. And he lists here where he wants to break us at. And as he again breaks us, it means that God can now flow through us. Have you ever saw, I used to, see, I, I'm a country boy. I came from a small town in Louisiana called Shreveport. And you, if you leave downtown Shreveport, and you go about 30 minutes or so to places like uh, Ruston, Louisiana, or, or uh, even some parts of Lake Charles, which some of you may be familiar with, or Baton Rouge. You, you can go out to some parts where they're actually still dipping that water from the well, and you have somebody cranking the water from the well. And the thing is that when... Something gets into, in that particular well, the water is not good. But as long as they can clean that water, as long as they can keep that water clean, the water keeps coming, and it keeps coming, and it keeps coming. Friend, that's what God wants to do with us. He wants to continue to keep cleaning us up, cleaning us up, so that the well can keep coming, the abundance can keep going, overflow can keep happening in our lives. He wants to clean us up. So sometime, what will happen? God will, what will happen? What first thing that he wants to break? He wants to break our unforgiveness. So sometimes when we have disagreements in church, don't, don't get mad at the person. Understand that this is God at work here. This is God at work here, and God wants to do something in our life. He wants to keep cleaning us up so that we can 
to experience more of his abundance. We cannot, we cannot even fathom the abundance of God. We cannot even fathom it. But we can continue to move farther and deeper and deeper into the revelation of abundance of God. So God wants to clean us up. So next time you have somebody that gets on your nerve in the church, instead of getting angry with them, say, praise God. This has opened up an opportunity for me to walk in abundance. Just say it like that. Don't get upset with them. Don't be, don't hold unforgiveness there. Because unforgiveness, I find out that unforgiveness, it, it stems from a lot of hatred. You have having hatred towards someone. And you haven't made a decision to forgive someone because they hurt you in the past. And how you know that you haven't got over it, you still continually talk about it over and over and over again. I'm here today to tell you, get over it. Let it go. Don't talk about it no more. Let it go. Make a difference. Make a decision to forgive them. Say, I forgive you and let it go. Because it's holding you back. God will sometime again, he will let you go through something because he's opening up a bigger window for you. He's opening up a bigger overflow for you. Get rid of the unforgiveness. God wants to break you in that area. What else does he want to break us off? He wants to break us off selfish ambitions. Selfish ambitions. You remember I told you, I had my way. And I know I didn't want to be in that, uh, I didn't want to be in that setting where I didn't know if, if I'm going to have a lunch or I'm going to have a dinner and so forth. I didn't want to be in that setting. I wanted to be in a setting where I know for sure that I'm going to have a lunch. And I know that, Wow, the only way that seemed to be, uh, that was available for me is that I saw many other uh, young black men. I saw them being able to get out there on the court and use their skills and perform and so forth. So you know what? My whole pursuit in life became that I'm going to get to that place to where I have the four-car garage and I have the Cadillac and I have the Mercedes Park in there. I'm going to make some money and so forth. And I didn't care who I was going to step on. I was going to become the best basketball player that I can possibly be so that I can make money and I can earn the riches so that I would not have that situation and so forth. And you know what? Because of my selfish ambition and not caring who I was stepping on and what I have to do to get there, it led me to the point of depression. It led me to the point of being empty. And I know all of you have ran into that. You have tried to do this and that to move your way up the corporate ladder. You have tried to do all of these particular things and you have found yourself hitting a wall and starting to say, is this going to work? No, it's not going to work. You must allow God to break us. Get rid of our selfish ambitions. What else God wants to break us? He says, get rid of all of these impure thoughts that we sometimes have. Get rid of them. Get rid of trying to be, uh, get revenge on people. Thinking worse and bad for people and so forth. Get rid of them. You know what God did to me? God, I had come from, I was sharing with someone, for, someone the other day that I came from a, a neighborhood 
that was probably 99.9% African American. And God uprooted me and took me to 99.9% Moscow, Idaho. And I didn't have, whoa, culture shock. Man, it was like a eating, boy, I'd never been nowhere to where they had ate chicken and, and potato salad without hot sauce on it. I go to Idaho, chicken and potato salad, no, no hot sauce, not even pepper or salt, nothing, just plain, bland. And I went to, I remember, I remember I went to, I went, I went to one little place up uh, just below Spokane, uh, not, not Spokane, but, uh, 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 Boise, yeah, just just below Boise, little small place, and, and yes, I remember, I remember one uh, little little white kid. He came to me, and he he touched my hair like this. <laughs> I was like, oh man, he touched my hair like that. Okay. Touching my hair. And it really caught me. The reason why I'm sharing that is because it really, it really caught me and it stunned me that I had been thinking that all people of Caucasian persuasion were bad people. And my thoughts towards this particular people were very impure. They were not pure at all. Because of I've been jaded and been affected and allowed a hurt to follow me. And sometimes we can have those thoughts about someone and not deal with them. And eventually, if you allow them to go on, they're going to cause a separation. And you're not going to be able to get along with folks. And then next thing you know, you're not going to want to be around them. You say, wow. You think about that now. Think about that. I come from, I come from Shreveport, Louisiana, and God gave me to Idaho. It's not a place that I would choose in my right mind. I was not in my right mind. <laughs> wasn't in my right mind. But God got me there because he wanted to deal with me. He wanted to bring me to a place to where it's no more Caesar, but it's just all of him. And as I let him start to deal with my life, let him begin to control my life, then I can step into that place of abundance. I can step more and more into the place of abundance because God is now breaking me. He has brought me to the point to where I can allow his life that is in me to flow out of me. You see, God's life is never ending. Got to understand that. His life is never ending. So if we would allow his spirit that is in us to flow out from him, us, how can there be an end? There is no ending. There's no ending to it. God's spirit is just like it said. It's just like a refreshing water that continues to flow and flow and flow. No matter what the season is. No matter what time we're dealing with. It's flowing freely in our lives. That's abundance. God's spirit flowing freely in our life. God wants to also deal with us in the aspect of sexual immorality. 
Can you believe some of the things in which we actually see on TV? In fact, I just came from Hawaii not too long uh, last week, and I cannot believe, wow, you walk around down there, well, you, you, you like me, you be like, uh, let, let's go back to the hotel and swim in the swim pool at the hotel. <laughs> Man, people was like, oh, my word, is, is it their clothes? Do we have even on clothes here? Right? My wife, my wife, she go to the bathing, she go to the swim, uh, to the beach, and she got the, the, the bathing suit where it's like, oh, a whole bathing suit and short pants on and everything, you know. Everybody else out there is like, oh, man, let, let, let's go back. <laughs> oh, I'm saying that for some of the young, some of the young men in here, the single men in here. Sometimes our mind, it can just begin to wander. And we can have so many impure thoughts and so forth. Uh, and we just kind of let our sexual desires just take over. But God's saying that I want to clean you up in that area. I want to break you in that area. Right? I thought it was cool to be walking around Idaho and having all the ladies cheering me and so forth. But I noticed that when I lost all of that basketball status, no more cheering from the cheerleaders. No more cheering. But God cleaned me up and God blessed me with an awesome woman. I told you I had to tell you the bad before I get to the good. Because I want you to see what God can do when he steps into our life and into our life and begin to break and change us. See, it's God who's going to bring us to the abundance. It's not our ability and our efforts that's going to bring us. It's God that's going to take us there. If we will allow him. He wants to clean us up in the area of sexual morality, adultery. He doesn't want us to make anything else First love in our life. He wants him to be first love in our lives. He don't want to give us a give our heart to anything else. He wants to clean us up in the area of jealousy and envy. He wants to clean us up in the area of being judgmental towards other people. Looking at everybody else's fault except our own. One thing that I've come to the solution about being broken. Is that we don't like to go to broken to the place of brokenness, because brokenness makes us confront our, looking at our own sin in our own lives. And we don't want to look at our own sin in our lives. I believe that's what stopped many people from coming to accept Jesus, is because they don't want to be confronted and look at face-to-face with the sin in their lives. And as Christians, we uh, walk around sometimes as these holy people, and we sometimes don't want to face and look at that we can also be people who are prideful, who are arrogant, and who are selfish as well, too. If we don't guard and watch our heart and allow God to break us there. Are you willing to be broken so that God's excess can be overflowing in your life? I'm willing to be broken. I'm willing to get rid of selfish ambition in my life. I'm willing to get rid of unforgiveness and hatred. I'm willing to get rid of all of those things. I tell some of my African-American brothers who are so angry and so, brother, let's get over the past. Let's move forward, brother. Don't stay back there. 
Don't stay there and let somebody, let all of that stuff keep holding you down. Just receive God's love. And allow God to life and love to flow from you. To make a difference in our society. Yeah. We got to be willing to be broken though. Here's the thing about God's process. This whole aspect of the starting with thanksgiving and allowing him to break us in area with all processes, again, as a beginner, a middle, and as an end. Well, here we see that there were seven basketful left over. And the seven basketful represents God's plenty. In our lives. Thank God. That's what I was saying to you. Thank God that even in the midst of that time when I was uh, 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 discouraged, heartbroken, disappointed, uh, depressed, and so forth. I thank God that Jesus has come into my life. And Jesus has come into my life so much so that, wow, his spirit has filled me up to where I was laying down here last night and I was just laughing in the joy of the Lord. I was, ha, ha, ha. Oh, Lord. That is, ha, ha, ha. He's so wonderful and so good. But I can, re- I was just starting to reflect back on, oh, Jesus has came in and Jesus has took me from being down and depressed and broken and alcoholic to one that is rejoicing in him, laughing and enjoying his presence in my life. So I'm here today to tell you my brothers and sisters if you will let God if you will let God process continue to work out in your life I can guarantee you if you're sitting here and you're depressed joy going to come to you if you allow God to break you. If you're sitting here and you're having a lack in your life, if you allow God to break you, uh, uh, finances will begin to flow in, in your life and so forth. Oh God, he has so much for us. He has so much there for us and so forth. You know what? As I was preparing this, I was thinking, you know, I've been with the pastor and his wife for maybe 15 years, probably about right about 15 years now. And I've been showing up almost every Sunday, every service, getting used to seeing the pastor and so forth, and getting used to hearing his preaching and encouragement and so forth, and just being around him as a mentor to me and so forth. And then God said, knock, knock. I'd like for you to be able to Go over here now. And I would like for you to be able to put yourself in a position to help expand the kingdom of God here. Oh, boy, that was tough for me. <laughs> no more Pastor Lau every Sunday. No more Pastor Lau every Sunday to preach. Now, if he's not preaching, it means that, oh, I got to preach every Sunday now. <laughs> not only do I have to preach every Sunday now, he's like, he not going to get a phone call. I'm going to get a phone call now. <laughs> oh, scary. Scary. But the Lord remember, Lord quickened in my mind and said, you remember? I called you at 13 and I told you you were going to preach. I told you I was going to use you to declare the, my word. Hey, you remember I told you? 
I had to tell you what was happening in the beginning. I had to tell you the bad so that you understand that it's God through Christ Jesus that's going to bring us into the abundance, you see? You see, now I believe what happened, I believe that we have opened up a way now so we don't have the building that's going to sit two or 3,000 people at one time. But now because of being around the pastor, God using me all throughout those years to break me and so forth and mold me into the person that he wants to be, and now with all of my brothers and sisters who have left to go to the north, oh, we're not going to not bear fruit. We're going to step into God's abundance, and we're going to see the abundance of God overflow in our lives now. And you know what? It's going to be just like, it's going to be just like, um, for some of you who are out of town, we have places here that are called like Westgate Chapel or CFC, Christian Faith uh, uh, uh Center, yeah. And we're going to see all of those places have these huge buildings and they be able to have a lot of people. But oh boy, I think that this is the hour in time for New Hope International Church. I believe that the pastor spoke, say, oh, maybe we don't have the, the finances to get the larger building. But maybe if we can just see many of those, many other uh, churches populated around Seattle, then it would be the same thing. Oh, I'm starting to believe that to be true now. I'm starting to believe that this is our season for abundance. This is our season for to see souls come into the kingdom of God. This is our season and our time, I believe. I believe that this is the hour for us now. This is the hour for us to grab a hold that God wants us to walk in that abundance, you know. And I believe, I believe that if we walk in that abundance, I believe that the time is now. It's no greater time than now. People are desperate. Many are losing their job. Many are broken in this hour. And they need to see somebody who are living above this, this circumstance and this time in the society. They need to see me. They need to see you living like kids. Kings and queens of God. They need to see me and you not just walking in the riches and all of the fame and all of that kind of stuff. See, they need to see somebody who is allowing the love of God to flow freely from them and the love of God to be overwhelming and all consuming in the lives of people. They need to see that and they need to experience that from me and you. And God wants to take us to that place. Did you know that God prophesied? Through the prophet Jeremiah, in a time to his people where it was down, God prophesied to them. And he said something that goes like this. He said, do you know, thus says the Lord, do you know that I have plans for you? And I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but plans to give you hope in a future that's good in him. So God has a plan for you. He has a plan not to harm you, Matt. He has a plan to prosper you. If you allow him to break you and you allow his love to flow through you, God is having one to prosper us. He wants to give us and take us into that place of abundance. God has taken me from into, arrive into Seattle. I want to conclude with this. I arrived in Seattle. And when I arrived in Seattle, some of you heard this story before. When I arrived in Seattle, I took a taxi. And when I spent my uh, eight, uh, I think it was 12 bucks, did I actually spend my taxi? No, no, eight bucks. Did I spend a taxi and it took me out to Issaquah? Because I had one friend in Issaquah. And then the thing about that eight, bu- that eight bucks, See, I only had 12 left. And God, I came to Seattle with four bucks left in my pocket with a friend and who I stayed with. And 
this particular friend, they're a Christian. And I, didn't have, I was actually coming to Seattle to fulfill an internship, a non-paid internship. And all I was looking for is that to get my feet in the door. I believed that God had impressed in my heart that I should come to Seattle. And I just left. And I went. And God took me from person that make four bucks and not having a job. Till he take me to a point to where he is giving me a job, he is giving me a wife, he is giving me children, he is giving me all of you, he he is giving me a love that I've never had before, he has given me. <laughs> oh, praise Jesus, praise Jesus! Oh, oh gosh! Oh boy, praise God! Hallelujah! I came to Seattle with four bucks. Four bucks. That's all I came to Seattle with. Four bucks. Four bucks. And a hope. And a dream. That's all. That's all I came to Seattle for. I believe I'm looking at a lot of people that may have more than just four bucks. But I believe I'm looking at a people that have a big hope and a big dream. Hallelujah. And I believe that if God can do through me, God can do it through you as well too. So I would say to you that allow God to break you in the areas that he needs to break you in. So that abundance and extra and overflow can flow from our lives. You know, it's interesting that my wife said to me, she says, you know, we, we committed ourselves, just like the pastor, and I thank, that, thank God for his example and so forth. But we have committed ourselves to just being people who are available for God's people. And whatever way that means, we will allow the Lord to to let that happen in our lives. If that means that God wants to use us to help somebody by preparing some food for them, if God wants to use us to give them certain finances or whatever it may be, we committed ourselves to doing that. And why have we committed ourselves to doing that? Because we have seen God take us from zero to being somebody. And I believe because of that, it speaks of God's abundance in our lives. And it speaks of God's presence in our lives. You know, not only she has family who are visiting us in the last week. And none of these people had really set foot in church before. But one of the reasons why they came to church last Sunday is simply because they can recognize the difference between my wife and I and other relatives. Okay, other relatives 
or without Christ. Jesus is in our lives. And because Jesus is in our lives and we walk in obedience to him, he has made all the difference. As I started saying with you, Jesus came to give life and he came to give it to the full. If you want abundance, receive Jesus. Allow Jesus to work in your life and you will walk in his abundance. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your grace and your mercy upon our lives. Lord, we don't stand here and be able to testify because of our own doing. But we stand here and able to testify, God, because of what you've done through your grace and mercy. Father, Thank you, Lord, for giving us life. And life without end in Jesus. And Lord, I pray for all of my brothers and sisters here. Lord, that we would not, Lord, be duped into just believing. Lord, that abundance only centers on how much we have. But, Lord, abundance really starts by receiving your life in us, receiving your forgiveness. Lord, just like I was, Lord, a long time ago, down, depressed, broken. Thank you that you picked me up. Thank you that you have given me a new life. And, Lord, thank you that you have given it to the full. And, Father, I pray that every single one of us, that we will walk in the fullness of God. That we could be able, Lord, to be a witness for you. Lord, and no matter what time or season or storm that we are facing in life, but God, that we can still show forth, Lord, your fruit of abundance in our lives. Thank you for all of these precious people of yours. Thank you for the privilege and honor, God, to be able to stand before them and share. I bless them this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.